0: Listening to Victory and Lebang podcast, we hope this message encourages and inspires you today. So let's open God's Word to John chapter six. Let's jump right in in verse fifty-seven to fifty-nine. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, As we prepare to hear your word, Lord, we pray for ears that are receptive, hearts that are open. Lord, help us see with eyes of faith, hear, Lord, with spiritual ears, what you're saying to your people today. Father, we thank you for your word is a light and a lamp unto our feet. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint the preaching of your word today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. As we continue on this series, we're gonna we're gonna tackle week three today about God's word being the word that sustains us. And in this particular background in this in this uh, chapter, chapter six, this was a scene where Jesus just fed close to twenty thousand people. In fact, he multiplied the bread and the fish, and twenty thousand people ate that day. Amazing, especially to the people listening that day, because not only was bread staple to them, it was their everything. It was their—it was like their rice to us. Manami atin dito, you know. We can't just live without rice. Tamang ba? Sabi ng ano nga iba, hindi ka busog kung walang kanin, kung walang rice, diba? At kadalasan nagpapa extra rice patayo. I want to show you some pictures today of some of these food items that can't go without rice. Diba? all right? I'm sure you're seeing it at home. Kare-kare. Ayan. Okay? Sino sa niyo mahilig sa kare-kare. Diba? Crispy pata. Pati ako nagugutom ngayon eh. Lechon manok. Mechado. Crabs in butter. Mmm. Tap silog. Long silog. All of that is good, but without rice, it's nothing. So if you think in this miracle that Jesus did and, and the context within this text, as I try to give a background here, bread was the most important staple or the most important part of their day when they're about to eat for the well off they would have meat but most of the most of the time and for most of them bread was the center of their meal all right so para sa atin yung center siguro yung ulam and then we have the side dish or you've got some rice to accompany it for them bread was it and so when Jesus multiplied the bread their eyes were so open and they said wow he we got to keep going to this guy he provides Extra rice, overflowing rice. So in this particular text, in chapter 6, we see groups of people coming to Jesus, listening to Jesus. As Jesus taught in the, in the synagogue, there were Jews who were there. In fact, they were the ones who, when Jesus revealed who he truly was, began to grumble. They began to complain. Eventually, we see later on in the text that the the disciples began to grumble themselves. These people, of course, they were called disciples because they had some kind of connection to Jesus. They were following after Him. But the question was, or the question is, what were they following Him for? We're going to try to answer that in a moment. So here were the Jews in the picture, in the scene, the Jews who were grumbling, the disciples who were there who sought after Him, grumbled later on and complained when they heard his message and eventually left. But here's the thing, some disciples stayed behind. There was a reason for those people who grumbled. What was the reason behind that? I think it was because there was something that they needed badly. But after hearing Jesus' response, their minds were blown away in a very negative way. You would think if you'd meet the master and hearing, you know, the, probably the best preacher who ever walked on earth, your minds would be blown away and you'd throw your lives at him. And what's shocking about this text is, after he preached this powerful message, they were shocked. And later on, you're going to see they were offended. And many of them went away and left Jesus. They stopped following him. I want us to read this text in John chapter 6 verse 25 to 26. It says there, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves see, one thing very important to understand here is that man seeks to satisfy a longing and a hunger that this world cannot give. And at this point, I believe Jesus, in, you know, deep down in his heart, wanted to reveal a reality that was present at that time. They were not just physically hungry. They were not just needing something physically or externally, Jesus was wanting to reveal the reality of their spiritual hunger and our need for a spiritually satisfying answer. John chapter 6 verse 60 says this, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard teaching. Who can listen to it? You know, when I, when, when I look at that particular text, and I, I personally struggled with this text, Growing up as a Christian, in fact, these I love the Book of John. Pero pag ako sa Book of John, sometimes I just try to skim through this. You know, I, I kind of felt it was strange, it was weird. Maybe you have the same feeling about this particular text as we're, I'm going to read more of it in a moment. But when you when 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 the disciples said it was hard teaching, it doesn't mean it was hard to understand. Though they misunderstood, what he said sounded to them very scandalous and offended them. Isn't it? Sometimes that's how preaching is, right? Some preaching that's supposed to be life-changing can come across as offensive. And I want to thank the pastors here in Victory Alabang who digs down deep and studies the Word and preaches the Word as it is. And sometimes it's pleasing to the ears and sometimes it may be offensive. And some of us would probably want to leave or shut the TV or shut the the channel or whatever that is that your, your, your iPad, your TV, your cell phone, or even walk out of the room if you're in an auditorium like this. So why was it hard for them to understand or perhaps accept this preaching? Which I believe was one of the most powerful preachings of Jesus. Or at least conversation and teaching in the synagogue. You see, I believe it was difficult for them. Because they were striving for happiness and satisfaction through means that didn't really bring about true satisfaction. And Jesus was wanting to expose that in their lives. And I believe today, if our hearts are open, I believe that God wants to expose that even in our hearts today. So as we go through some of these things, what were those things? And that's why it was hard for them maybe not just to understand, but to accept. It's because they were striving for happiness and satisfaction through number one, As we read in verse 15, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. People felt that here was the Messiah. Here was the king that we've been waiting for. And they thought that through political means... We're going to have everything that we need once we establish once again a rightful king on, in the throne here in Israel. But you see Jesus' response there, right? Jesus rejects their political hopes and sets their heart on something greater. They were looking to make Jesus their political leader. And yet Jesus had a different idea, right? Given our context here in the Philippines, just in a few months, we're about to have our own elections. And this particular means is something that maybe deep down in our heart, and maybe let's let the Holy Spirit check on this for a moment. That maybe, just maybe, we're hoping that if this mayor wins, if this president wins, if this political party wins, then my future is set. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll have all the business uh, transactions that I could dream of in that particular place. Then we can have peace. Then we can have joy. Then we can have all these other things. No more oppression. That I can flee, freely move and do what I want. But you know what? Jesus says, no, no, no. Political power is not our hope. You know what else these people were seeking for? They were seeking, you know, the happiness and satisfaction, not just through political political means. They were also, number two, trying to seek it through physical means. Verse 25 says this, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill off the loaves. See, in the same way, Jesus desires to give them more than just satisfy their physical needs. He wants you to have more. At some point of our lives, Some of us may have been naive. You know, when we were young, there were a lot of aspirations that we would have. And I know that we have young people viewing this online service right now. We have a lot of young people in our church today. And at some point in your life, you were thinking that we can have this kind of happiness. We can have this contentment in the things of this world. If you look around you, that's what marketing and advertising is all about. To show us that if we just have this thing, that we're going to be happy and content. And some of us who have attained these things, or maybe have not attained it and have grown older, realize that these were things that are unattainable. Or maybe you've gotten you know, some of this stuff and you've piled up things in your life to the point where after piling them all up, you still feel empty. You still feel that there's a great void. Or maybe because we think we didn't get it because someone stopped us from getting it. Someone stopped us from getting the promotion. Someone stopped us from... Achieving our dream, getting the career, getting that position—somebody prevented us. yung karibal in, in getting the girl of your dreams, and you blame your boss. You blame your family. We start blaming our dad. Dad, why did you write, raise me up this way? Bakit ganito yung family back- background natin? Or maybe you're blaming your spouse. Maybe you're shouting out, "Oh, it was prejudice." Or it's about this company policy. Or it's this law in this land. and it is, These guidelines are stopping me from achieving happiness and contentment. You see, that's the moment when we try to strive for it by getting a better job, a better house, better spouse. Some even try to solve their inner need by trying to, you know, maybe not through material things, but by being helpful to the poor. There's nothing bad about that, right? In fact, there's nothing bad about getting a better house. Of course, not a better spouse. There's nothing bad about getting a better car. But if we try to get this satisfaction and joy and peace through these things, then we are deceiving ourselves. For some people, they said, some group of people would say, maybe if I deny myself of these things, deny myself of material wealth, then maybe I'll truly be happy. But did you realize God, even in, in Matthew chapter six thirty three, it says there, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. There are things that God wants to bless you with. Come on now. You know, we're standing here. We're enjoying worship services together because God supplied some technology so we can advance the kingdom of God this way. And I want to honor the tech people, the volunteers, everyone who works so hard to make sure this gets to you. These are good things. And we'd like to, you know, increase in, 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 in being a blessing to others. So things are needed. But if that's where we're going to get our satisfaction, that's where the problem lies. Then the, the despair sets in. Some, we begin to think, some things, when we, get, we don't get this, we don't get the things, despair sets in. We say, something's wrong with me. Nobody loves me. Nobody is dating me. Nobody cares for me. I've been passed on for promotion so, several times. I've been applying so many times and I I didn't get the job. And, and we think, that's it. We enter de- depression. People even get suicidal. Worse yet, it seems like when we open social media, that person who has all the things, all the power, prestige, is happy. You see, most people, if they really learn, Sabinesius Lewis in mere Christianity, most people, if they they had really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want and want that they that want and want acutely something that cannot be had in this world. And he continues by saying that if you continue looking for it in this world, it will evade you. Very wise saying from C.S. Lewis. My question to you today is, what if you die and go to heaven and get all of what heaven can provide? Imagine that. Reunion with family, those that you've lost. Buffet, all you can eat. Live, you know, live in a mansion, all but no God. Do you want it? Some of us are going after all of that because when we feel like when we have all of that, we have heaven on earth. But without Jesus, all of that is nothing. Without the bread, without the staple, without the rice, all of that is nothing. Come on now. He doesn't just want to meet all your desires. He wants to be the bread of life that sustains you. Verse 35, 35 of chapter 6 says this. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You know how else they tried to reach him? Not only through political means. Not only through physical means. But just quickly here, religious means. Verse 27 tells us, Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Jesus gives them an answer that seemed impossible for a religious mind to do, but required faith. To believe. Verse 40, it says here, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And in a similar way, he said in verse 54, in the same chapter, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. His answer was so radical, wasn't it? That it blew away people's minds. Jesus seemed too extreme, but they wanted to stay safe, stay moderate. They didn't want to see people becoming, that they have become this, this radical Jesus followers. But instead, they were offended. Because even at that time, their context was, their relig- in their religion... It was forbidden to eat meat that is still in their blood. It sounded weird. It sounded cannibal. Jesus wasn't encouraging cannibalism. But, he was, but what he was saying was this. Listen to this for a moment. Believing is equal to working. If you want to work for this, believing is equal to that. Believing is equal to eating and drinking. Believing in me is like eating my flesh and drinking my blood. It's like saying, be everything to me, Lord. Take over my life. Just like any food and drink that eventually becomes part of you. You know that saying, you are what you eat. That's what we're saying here. Lord, we believe in you. And when we're saying we believe in you, our I. Take in everything. I'm all in Lord. Not just the part in scripture. That seems good to the ear. But every single one of them. Yes. Even Lordship. Even me surrendering my life. To you God. And these signs. Were supposedly. The signs that Jesus performed. Even here in chapter 6. Were supposed, supposed to point. The people to who he really was. He was not just a prophet or a teacher or a miracle worker. He was the bread. He was the bread of life. Verse 62 Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Do we really need another sign? I know I came from a city where there were miraculous signs and wonders of rose petals falling from the heavenlies and every year many people in City would flock together there and when we were planting and starting the church there we were saying let let there be a redemption of this that instead of people flocking to a sign they would begin flocking to the person in which the sign was pointed to Jesus Christ today I want to encourage us to believe in Jesus And his words that bring eternal life and everlasting satisfaction. Believe in Jesus. Let me say it one more time. And his words that bring eternal life and everlasting satisfaction. What were the response of the people that day? I mentioned it earlier, but let's look at that for a moment. We recall from the scripture that many disciples left Jesus. There were a few who got it. And I was wondering, among those few, what was the aha moment for them? What made them different from the people who just took things at face value? They heard about this eating flesh, drinking blood, and they were offended by it. But what was what was different with this group? In verse 66, it says there, after many of these... Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? And Here it is. Let's not miss this. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Verse 69, and we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's look at those words. Let's do a quick word study. We're going to end this. The word believe there actually means faith believing. And it is done in true connection with God. In fact, this believing is not just self-initiated, just through your self-learning, but through His Spirit, through an in-birth persuasion, as it says in Discovery Bible. In verse 44, it says there, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. See, God initiates and we respond by believing. Taking it all in. Saying, God, not just one part, but every part of you, O God. You see, God works in our life by opening up our eyes to the reality of our need. And His ability to satisfy it. The other word there that's very important to understand, believe and know. They did not leave, they stayed on because they believed through the working of God, through the drawing of God, but they also knew through personal experience, through a relationship. That's why we always encourage you through our victory groups to first have a relationship with God through the Son, through Jesus Christ. We can't just keep hearing messages from on a third-hand basis, but we want you to know it firsthand. Know Him firsthand. I think that's why social media influencers are so popular and get so many followers, right? Because they teach skills and, and give what they know in a very virtual yet vicarious relationship. Parang mo na, parang kakilala mo na, tinuturuan ka magluto. That's why it's so powerful. And that's how powerful it is when Jesus himself, the bread of life, begins to open scriptures to you. Begins to give you discernment, direction. You know, especially in very difficult season like this, we need him to direct our steps. We need to hear his voice so that we would know... How to go about life. If not, we'll end up fearing, we'll end up trying to find satisfaction in food, but which, which by the way, Madaling mag order ng food parang <now, right? inaudible> Dun Lord, I don't want you to be dependent on these on these uh, you know food delivery services. I want you to be dependent on me. I don't want you to be dependent on your hobbies, the thing you discover while working at home. But I want you that while you're at home, while, while, while even in this season, that you realize now what that which gives life, that which gives, you know, true source and sustenance, the bread of life. So what was their staying power? Not only did they see signs that these disciples that stayed behind saw, they believed, meaning they ate and devoured who he was. Can you imagine that? And they believed, they ate and they devoured what he said. I wonder what our what our posture is when it comes to the preaching of the word. Are we devouring every word after the preaching? Are we like the Bereans who would search scriptures to find out if the apostles said were true? Do we have that kind of hunger? Jesus had that kind of hunger. In fact, when he had nothing to eat, the disciples came to him and he said, you know what? I have food that you don't know anything about. John 4, 34, he says, my food is to, the will, to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And that is what our series is all about, right? In John chapter 6, 56, I believe is a key text to help us. Tie this into the rest of our series. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Abide means to remain, to endure, to stay in the good times and the bad times. In the words, when we hear preaching or we see something in God's Word that we agree on or not, we will remain. We will endure. We will stay. If God's saying to you, be faithful to what I've called you to do, to that relationship, to that church, that ministry, to that person, then abide and stay. In the, same, in the similar way, God tells us to abide in Him and in His Word. See, the power to abide comes In believing in Jesus, taking in, devouring, eating his flesh, drinking his blood, taking it in, Jesus, the bread of life, and devouring every word that he says. So let me end this way. If Jesus asks you, you know, through the ups and downs, I know that his spirit comes to us, and I believe the spirit of God it's coming into your homes today. Some of you are sort of wavering in your faith. Some of you are, are there wanting to grow in your faith. Some of you are just lost. Some of you just stumbled on this particular service while going through YouTube or Facebook. If he asks you the question, where will you go? Will your answer be, To whom shall we go? Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Can we say that with conviction? Can we say that with all of our hearts? That radically, deep down in our hearts, we know we don't need those other things. Things are good. Relationships are good. But Lord, you're most important. Lord, we're seeking not after political means and agenda. We're not going to seek satisfaction through these things, not through physical means, not through religion. And I sense for many of us, God's saying, I'm putting an end to religion in your life today. I'm causing a revival in your heart today. I'm quickening your spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit's anointing, filling rooms right now, filling homes right now, beginning to touch your lives. And he's saying, right now, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I'm quickening you. I'm beginning to show you I am. That I, that I am the I am. I am everything that you need. I am the bread of life. As we end, a couple of things I want to challenge us to do. If you felt a tugging in your heart today, I hope that at some point, you felt uncomfortable in your sofa or in your chair. Maybe you're eating something. You put it down and, and started writing down notes. And I, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would quicken you with this. But let's not go and, and just be inspired with a message. Let's put it to action. That's what these people did. Some of them left without putting to practice the most powerful preaching that they will ever hear. They left. But you know what? These disciples who stayed, they just kept on devouring. They kept on eating it. Their heart was, Lord, whatever you say, I'm all in. I'm going to go for it by your grace, by your strength. couple of things to respond. How do we respond? Number one, we're going to read and listen to what he says by his word. I want to read this quote in Eugene Patter- Peterson's book. The Bible is not primarily a source of information. It is one of primary ways that God uses to speak to us. God's word, we ask it, which we, which is to say, God's voice. God speaking to us, inviting, promising, blessing, confronting, commanding, healing. The Bible is not so much God telling us something, some idea, some fact, some rule, as God speaking life into us. See, reading the written Word of God with receptive heart brings God's dynamic revelation of Himself and His will. As it says in the Discovery Bible. I want us to take time to read your Word. Devour it. In fact, put a structure around it. Have a Bible plan. Take the time to wait in His presence. Let Him speak to you through His Word daily. Don't rush through Scriptures. Take a time to pause. Maybe start with five minutes. Start with one chapter a day. And then the next day, another chapter. Start with the book of John if you've never read the Bible before. But if you've Forgot to read chapter one. This is what people feel like they need to do to earn more favor and feel happy that God is happy with them by reading more scripture. They add that thing that they missed, that day they missed, to the day two, and it becomes impossible. Just read one chapter a day, have a journal, write down what He says. Just say, just so speak, your servants listening. I want to encourage you to read others' translations of the same text. Read commentaries after that. Do Bibles study, devour His Word. Secondly, we are to yield and surrender to Him. Yield to Him in prayer. Surrender to Him by aligning to His Word. And turning away from our sin and our efforts to gain eternal life and salvation. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.